What's up, NBA fans? It's Clayton Hendricks with another episode of Hoops with Slim Shooter. Uh, the NBA right now getting into the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, getting down to the end to see who we're going to have in the championship on the East. We're three games in uh, with the Miami Heat facing the Boston Celtics. And on the West, we got the LA Lakers facing the Denver Nuggets two games in. Uh, both series are, you know, very entertaining games. We have, we've had a couple close games and a couple lopsided games. So, so far, the, you know, everything is still up in the air to see who is going to take it on both sides. But at this point, we have a pretty good idea. And uh, I got my predictions. So, we're going to get right into it with the Lakers versus Nuggets. So far, the top performer in this series after two games has been Anthony Davis. Averaging 34 points, 9.5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 block per game. Um, Playing really, really well. Obviously, LeBron James and and Anthony Davis are playing well as expected. We, them being the superstars of this series, the best players on the court at all times. Uh, You know, even compared to Jamal Murray and um, Jokic, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are the two best players on the court. And they're playing like it. So, you know, the the championship, you know, experience, the playoff experience that the Lakers have on their roster with, obviously, LeBron, Danny Green, although he's not playing great so far in this series, shooting pretty poorly right now, uh, but his experience is there for them. Rondo, Howard, um, it's paying off for the Lakers. I feel like watching through two games, their ability to play uh, level-headed games and uh, kind of be able to brush off when the calls aren't really going their way and their ability to kind of amplify that factor on the opposite side of the ball by instigating the frustrations of the Denver, young Denver Nuggets team. Uh, that's just playing very smart basketball. What I love, I loved in game one seeing Dwight Howard uh, kind of get into the middle of one of the Denver Nuggets huddles after some frustrating fouls and a technical that was put on Jamal Murray after he didn't get a call that he felt, you know, that was his. Um, you know, he just continued to feed into that frustration of theirs. And, um, you know, a lot of these players for the Lakers, they've been here. They've been in these situations. They know what it takes to get to the finals and a few of them know what it takes to get a ring so it's it's cool to see them use that playoff experience um to benefit them and to you know kind of just mess with the Denver Nuggets and their minds and get get into that with them so I've liked that so far because I it's it's something that goes beyond the play of the game and gets into the mental aspect of basketball, which is a huge piece of the puzzle when it comes to playing playing the game. And it's such a high level in professional basketball. So, but you know the the Nuggets, although they're down two games, they're definitely not going to go down without a fight. You know, and so although that they are showing some raw emotion and they're getting frustrated when they see some calls that they feel like aren't going their way or feeling slighted I feel like I really admire their their passion and I admire their their I admire that frustration because it shows how much they want it shows their passion to win and to want to get to a final so uh, I really enjoy it so far just seeing them really just put it all out there Um, although they will learn 
as they get older and as they get more seasoned that like putting your emotions out there for everybody to see kind of gives older more seasoned players an opportunity and it shows your weakness and it shows your vulnerability to kind of get picked on um, so that these older players can kind of mess with you when you're and they see that, that frustration so they'll learn that as as they get older in their careers and and get more experience because this Nuggets team is going to be a team to be reckoned with, you know, going into these future years. Um, you know, I, I liked it last week when I was talking with uh, my good friend Aaron. You know, he said he made a good point saying that the Denver Nuggets have already they already have a win chalked up for this season. If they go out this, you know, against the Lakers, no one's going to be mad. And I love that he said that because it's true. Um no one thought that they would make it this far and the fact that they have is a win and so anything beyond this is just you know showing the credit of the players that they've put together and that organization has put together for the Nuggets and their aspirations for the future so this Denver Nuggets team has a lot to learn but you know they're making it happen right now they're showing the grit the fight that they have and the talent uh, to be a team that's, you know, going to be a force in the NBA. So, um, you know, looking at some of the frustrations from the Nuggets, you know, fouls, um, getting into early foul trouble in game one, you know, the, looking, taking a step back and looking at games one and two, the, the Lakers are actually up in the foul count. They've committed 10 more fouls in the series so far than the Nuggets have. So although it may seem like, you know, LeBron and AD get these superstar slighted calls from the refs, which at times they do. But overall, um, the team is fouling more than the Nuggets, you know, so the Nuggets are having more opportunities at the line to, to get easy buckets for their team. So uh, Jokic and Murray have have played well, but obviously falling falling short and, and being down 0-2. Um, a big part of that in game one was those that early foul trouble that forced them to sit and allowed the Lakers to get a big big run. And, and obviously, at the end of the day, it, it was pretty much a blowout, ending in a 126-114 victory. Both stars only, you know, for the Nuggets, they only played 25 and 28 minutes. That's, that's not a complete playoff game when you're the best players on the team, and it's because they were in such foul trouble. Um... Game two obviously was a much closer contest. I mean, we all know there was a super dramatic finish with a game-winning three when time was winding down from Anthony Davis. I mean, uh, that game was Denver's to win. Uh, and, and you know, it, it just being a split-second, you know, switch from Plumlee to Jokic. Uh, late, getting late onto AD, that's all it took, and a big-time player made a big-time shot, you know, and, you know, AD after the game saying that that was clearly the, the, the biggest shot that he's ever made in his career, notably because this is the farthest he's ever gone in the NBA playoffs, so, um, it, it, it was a great game, and I feel like it gives the Nuggets, it, although it's, like, disheartening to lose like that, um, the way they fought and stayed in that game and how they really had an opportunity and it just took a great shot. 
Um, the Nuggets have something to build on, to something to look at, to go, you know, into these next couple of games um, so that they can game plan and try to figure it out to get back into this series. Um, I really feel like if the Nuggets want to get back into this thing, Jamal Murray has to play with that desperation uh, that willed the Nuggets to both of their comeback victories in rounds one and two. Now, putting up just 21 points and 25 points in the first two matchups is not going to be enough to get through LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, Jokic is playing well. He's been consistent these entire playoffs, but they need a outstanding top performer and the kind of player that Jamal Murray was in that elimination game. Uh, against the, you know, against the the Clippers, and um, you know those two 50-point games against the Utah Jazz, he needs to be that guy if they want to get past the Lakers in this series. Uh, it's certainly a tough, tough task for him with with all the different looks that they're throwing at him with Caldwell, Rondo, and at times you know LeBron James getting in the mix there. A lot of off-ball defense that is outstanding with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, Dwight Howard. It's tough. You know, it's not going to be easy for him, but this is a part of him becoming a superstar. And like I said, if if they want a chance in this series, he's got to be that guy. So uh, game three is going to be tonight. It's going to be exciting. I hope to make it a series, I feel, you know, I really want Denver to at least get this game tonight. give them some hope uh, and a glimpse of possibly getting back into this thing and making it interesting so we'll see how it goes on the eastern you know eastern conference we got the boston celtics versus the miami heat the heat are up two games to one um and this this series before it before it started looked like it was going to be one of those series that could go the distance have a dramatic game seven to see who represents the east in the finals and it def- you know, it hasn't disappointed. You know, the first two games uh, were decided by, you know, game one was decided by three points. Game two was decided by five points. Uh, game three was a little bit more lopsided, you know, favoring the Celtics getting their first win in the series. And really the only change uh, to in this game was the addition of a key missing piece in Gordon Hayward for game three for the Celtics. Um, although he only put up six points, five rebounds, four assists, and shooting a, a poorly 28% from the field, it's just his presence on the court um, that can't really be summed up in the stat sheet. You know what I mean? It's, it's Hayward's talent that requires attention on the offensive side of the ball because he has the capability to score the ball and be a playmaker. And on the decent defensive side, he's got length and that IQ on defense to disrupt the Heat's game plan. Um, I mean, he, like I said, he doesn't, he doesn't, he didn't quite feel the stat sheet in game three, um, but his addition, taking away minutes from the smaller 6'3 guard and, and Brad uh, Wanamaker, the Celtics won by 11 points. Uh, their biggest lead in it, that game was 20, and they didn't trail a single second in that game. So, I, I think Gordon Hayward could be that missing piece, that game changer that will help, I feel like, the more obviously more talented Celtics roster get even more talented and get back into the series and, and push them through the heat on the way to, to the NBA Finals. Um, after looking at the stats 
and the tendencies from both teams on paper, you know, I feel like the Heat should get this, this series. Um, they play team basketball. They play, play, play smart basketball, sharing and assisting on 65% of their field goals and 89% of their three-pointers. They share and assist the, the rock. I mean, a team that moves the ball like that is a smart and patient team. And being patient in the NBA is difficult because every team just wants to play fast. And, and, and the NBA is a fast game. I mean, you're playing with the best players in the world. And, uh, you know, on paper, the, the Heat look like an incredible team. You know, I feel like their only downfall is that the amount that they shoot the three ball. Um, you know, they're, they're relying on guys like Dre Crowder who shoots 90% of his shots from three-pointer, and Duncan Robinson, who shoots 88% of his shots from three-point line. Like, they are ranking one and two in the playoffs for the percent that they shoot their shots from deep. Um, I mean, that's an easy game plan for the Celtics to take away those two guys. You know, you know they're not going to drive the ball. They're going to shoot almost all of their shots from deep. And that's easy to game plan for, and it's... And it's obvious. And if I can look up that stat, these coaches are definitely getting that and more. And uh, they're game planning for that. In games one and two, the Heat shot an average of 38% from the three-point land, which they won those two games in very close contested matchups. Uh, but in game three, they shot only 12 for 20, for 12 for 44 at 27%, which was an 11% decrease from those first two games. So relying, uh, living and dying by the three is a dangerous game. And, you know, we've seen it, obviously, uh, you know, the the Houston Rockets have tried it for years and it hasn't worked. You know, the only team that really has been successful with living and dying by the three have had two of the greatest three-point shooters that this league has ever seen in the Golden State Warriors with Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. And even that team played great defense that won them championships. It wasn't just that three ball, you know? And and I, so living and dying by the three is something that is so difficult for me. And is, is, there, one, is there one flaw, in my opinion, on paper that makes you not want to trust uh trust them and, and not not only that but you're trusting unseasoned talent uh to get to get you those buckets i mean duncan robinson is a young player uh, only this year getting more looks and you know in the postseason getting more starting minutes uh and a 20 year old tyler hero who has been an outstanding rookie and has definitely proven himself that he's going to be a great player in this league but this is his first season in the NBA and he you know on the on these big stages you're you're putting a lot on his shoulders which you know if he's a prime time player if he's the man if he's going to be that then you know that's what he is and and you're not going to stop it Uh, you know nine times out of ten good offense is going to be great defense you know a great offense is going to be great defense. And, and so if he has it, he has it. But to rely on those guys and rely on guys like Jay Crowder, like I said, who shoots 90% of his shots from the three-point land, like these are are guys that are, when I think of some of the most talented 
players in the NBA, these are not the guys that I think of first. You know, and you're living and dying by the three-point shot in their hands. And so that's something that I don't love about the Heat. Um, but them, the way they share the ball is something that I really enjoy about them and, and really jumps off the page for me that they assist on that many of their shots. So I really love that. Uh, but, you know, in, in reality, I feel like the Celtics just have more proven talent. You know, they have Campbell Walker. They have their missing piece back in Gordon Hayward. They have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. All of these guys capable of scoring 20-plus and, you know, 30-plus in any given night. Uh, I, I would definitely lean towards taking those, those guys and that much more talented roster in the Celtics to get back into this series. Um, and I, I maybe I'm making a bold statement right now, but I feel like the Heat may not win another game if the Celtics stay healthy, if Gordon Hayward continues to be in the lineup with his length, with his with his uh, you know experience and the fact that he if he heats up and gets you know he's not gonna have another six point night. You know what I mean? That's that's game one shaking off some of the the rest and also coming back from an ankle injury that he was probably just kind of testing out in full speed speed game mode you know i'm leaning towards seeing the celtics winning four straight and finishing this series out on six and getting to the nba finals um so that that's kind of my my rollout i mean i didn't give you a prediction for for this uh lakers nuggets series um we kind of talked about it me and aaron in our last episode, in my in my last episode, um, I I definitely have the Lakers. Um, and after these first two matchups and that kind of demoralizing victory with that three point dagger from Anthony Davis in Game One or Game Two, um, I, I'm only gonna I, sadly I'm only gonna give the Nuggets one game, and I think it's gonna be this Game Three tonight. Uh, and then the Lakers are going to go ahead and finish it out with two more victories and close it out on five. Um, and they're going to be waiting on who they're going to face from the East. You know, they're going to get a little bit more rest and, and be ready for the NBA Finals. So that's my predictions for for these Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Like I said, a lot of good basketball to watch um, and, you know, can't wait to see what happens. Uh, you know, continue to follow me on Instagram. And, uh, you know, comment on the post. Let me know uh, who you'd like to hear me do, you know, some more talking with hoops with different people. If you want to be someone I'd like to have a conversation with me here on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make that happen. But, uh, you know, until then, this has been another episode of Hoops with Slim Shooter where we're talking NBA basketball. Hope everyone has a good rest of your week. God bless.